en tu sonrisa y en un abrazo encuentres libertad. Sabes que allá afuera el mundo corre tan deprisa, la gente se olvida de soñar. With Aida Rodriguez, it is Monday, October 8th. It's my mama's birthday. I'm feeling good. I'm back in the studio. Darren is here. You know, we check him off every time he shows up. <laughs> yeah, just like the production room did. I know. How are you feeling? I'm good. I'm feeling okay. good? Back? Yeah, I'm back. Back healthy? Yeah, something, something like that. Oh, man. I need you back healthy. Who else am I I'm getting there. talk shit with? <laughs> Uh, so much has been going on. So much happened this weekend. Um, and uh, I want to just get right into it. Have did you? Were you watching the news and everything that went on this weekend? I did not. Oh, you did not? Okay. Yeah, I opt out of everything everyone's talking about. Is that to keep you uh, peaceful? Is it's that to, to keep ke- me sane. Keep you sane. Yeah. So you haven't been watching the news anymore? Nope. Uh, if you don't know that, uh, we have a new Supreme Court justice. You know I, I Yeah, I heard about that, yeah. So you did, um, you did hear about some of the depressing stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of can't avoid it, but I put it, I make sure that whatever I can avoid, I I, I will. Well, you but know, it, it seems like there is, so, you know, Brett Kavanaugh. Like I don't even know who that. I don't even know who he is. I, but um, there's just been so much talk about him that I have to. So. You had to find out, right? Yeah. So. I just want to say this to those of you who are listening. You are live on Truth Serum. Uh, 310-986-6610 if you want to tune in, if you want to chime in. Um, I'm just going to say this just right off bat. I am really tired of this partisan foolishness. People are acting about their political parties the way that people act about their football and their baseball teams. And I could give yeah. a shit less about the Democrats or the Republicans. Both parties need to be reformed. They're both corrupt and they're both negotiable. And everybody should be concerned about our democracy. And more importantly, as our for our well-being as Americans, because we're not in the top percent and we're the ones who are at risk of losing everything that's valuable to us, like our health care and all the uh, that other stuff. So when, some, when someone like me is opposed to Brett Kavanaugh, this is not me being loyal to the Democrats because I'm an independent. This is me being loyal to the humanness and to women's rights and the issues that are upon us. Also, the fact that he may pardon uh, Donald Trump from you know this investigation and, uh, and whatever criminal uh, implications that may be in his future. And I think that as Americans, we should all be concerned about that because that would really be a direct attack on our democracy. This is a democracy. This is not a dictatorship. And we need to stop acting like that. The president of the United States should not be attacking a political party once he's in office because he is the president of all of us. And so I think that it's just gotten out of hand. It's really, really, it's funny. I was in Boston two weeks ago and uh, I saw that the Yankees and the Red Sox were playing and that reminded me of the Democrats and the Republicans because that's how they act. It's very childish. Yeah. I, I lived in, and and not to not to throw any shade because I'm from New York, but I think they're a little bit more uh, childish than we are. And uh, and I would only say that because I lived there as a New York coming from New York. And I I mean, I knew we had beef. I knew that, like, you know, you don't go, you know, you don't go, you know, go Yankees in Boston. I, I understand that much. But 
I had a roommate and I, I just happened to have a Yankee shirt, you know, and I just wore it. He took <laughs> he took his time to make sure that he threw it in the toilet and then threw it in the street. I'm just like, bro, like, it's not that serious. <laughs> Man. Was he mad at you because you didn't pay your part of the rent? Like- <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the way he acted, it, it seemed them. Seemed that way. So I was that, just like, I was just like, is it really that serious? Like, I know, I, I know, you know, friendly beef, you know, New York, Boston, whatever. But like, he was really mad that I brought this shirt into our into our home. Yeah, the, the tribalism is is uh, pretty pathetic. People act like animals. They're yeah, and it's like, like it's a it's right a baseball now. team. Yep, <laughs> like, it is. It doesn't do anything for you. And um, you know, I feel like Joey Diaz today because right now I'm in the studio by myself, my uncle Joey. When I go in there, and he goes on these long rants and he tells these stories, and sometimes he holds it down by himself. Bill Burr holds it down by himself. So today, I feel like I have to go in. I'm going to tell some stories today because today is my mother's birthday. I'm going to tell some Margarita Rodriguez stories. If you don't know my mama, you will by the end of this show. Where does she live? Uh, my mom lives in Miami, Florida. Okay. Uh, my mom is a Puerto Rican woman, and she is unapologetically in your face. And uh, I'll start with kindergarten. Um, I used to get. I had a teacher that used to hit me on the head with these big fat pencils. I used to have these big fat pencils back in the day. And my mom I was remember. combing my hair one day, and I was like, I kept complaining about my head, my scalp hurting. And she was like, why are you so tenderheaded? What's going on? And my best friend Dina at the time said, I think it's because Miss Pagliaro keeps hitting her on the head with pencils, with the big fat pencils. So uh, the very next day, my mom showed up to the school, and I was in line going to lunch. And uh, she asked somebody to point out Miss Pagliaro. Miss Pagliaro was about 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, My mom is short. She's like 5'5". Five, five. She walked up to Miss Pagliaro and she said, are you the lady who've been, who's been hitting my head, my daughter on the head with a pencil? Miss Pagliaro was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And my mom pulled off her shoe and hit Miss Pagliaro <laughs> in the head with the shoe. Happy birthday, mommy. I love you. <laughs> That's who my mom is. So uh, we're going to continue with the show. And throughout the show, I'm going to tell my margarita stories because today is October 8th. It's the day that she was born. And because she was born, I got to be born. So my mama. Uh, tell her had- to call in. Uh, I, I, somebody got to call her. So Connor McGregor got. Uh, got handled like Miss Pagliaro did by my mom. <laughs> did you watch the fight? I didn't watch the fight. You really are tuned out to everything yeah, that's going I, on. I, I block everything out. How, do you know who Conor McGregor is? I do. Uh, how do you feel about him? He's a, he's an MMA fighter. That's how you feel that's about all, him? That's how I feel about him. Darren is giving me nothing today. He's like, <laughs> I am not participating. Oh, yeah, I'm not in, doing my job right. No, he's like, I don't want to do it. He's I, a... Uh, he he's buffoonish, I guess. A buffoon. I like it. I like it. Um, you but are- I, I feel like they they all do that, right? Like it's a part of the sport. It's a part of what they do. So did you see the video of the other guy? They have a video of him when he was eight wrestling a bear. <laughs> did you see? No, that I didn't video? see that. It was so the guy funny. who fought him. Yeah, okay. the guy who beat him. Okay. Um. Yeah, the guy who uh beat him. And I was like, no wonder he, they had him wrestling a bear when he was a little kid. There's Oh, a real bear? I thought you were a teddy bear. No, no. He was wrestling a, a small bear, right? Oh, where's he from? He's from Russia. Oh, wow. So, uh, but he's Middle Eastern, <laughs> right? He's Muslim. 
Oh, okay. So he's Pakistani and Russian, and he rustled bears when he was little. And um, I, the bear was so cute. Um, but I, I heard that bears are very vicious. Yeah, so, especially female bears. To see him uh, wrestling that bear, it was hysterical. At the same time, I was like, these people are crazy. So um, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the headlines. We have a guest coming into the studio. And um, this is Truth Serum with Aida Rodriguez. You can call us, 310-986-6610. Make sure you're following us at Truth Serum Radio on Instagram. And, uh, yeah, we'll be right back. We are back. Uh, we are live on Truth Serum with Ida Rodriguez. If you are listening and you have something to say, 
Give us a call, 310-986-6610. Tell us what your truth is. Um, I wanted to talk about the fact that Kanye got off of social media because of the backlash of SNL. Um, oh, really? Yeah, they said he quit social media. The backlash was excessive. He's done that before, right? Yeah, he does it all the time. Um, you know, he does, he he's he knows how to use social media to sell stuff, you know? And right. He's developed a... Another fan base now, the the Trump, the Trump supporters, and um, yeah, he's taking a break. I uh, I just got tired of hearing, like I said uh, on my Facebook Live today, I'm really tired of people telling black people, Muslims, women, gay people to extend a loving hand to the people who treat them poorly. Why don't you talk to the people who are racist, sexist, and mistreat people? Won't you tell them to extend love? Stop telling the people who are being victimized that they need to be the ones to extend the loving arms to the people who treat them like shit, that are setting them on fire and lynching them, trying to send them home, putting them in cages. Enough is enough, guys. We have to uh, stand up at some point. We can't just keep being pussies. I'm sorry, that's disrespectful to women. But we can't just go around being, you know, just punks. We got to at some point stand up and say, enough is enough. You can't treat me like this. We can't keep forgiving and being loving to people who treat us like shit. And I stand by that. This is Aida Rodriguez. You are live on Truth Serum. We dropping it today and we're not apologizing for any of it. Uh, Ronaldo is walking over to time me and make sure that I say that this is um, Ida Rodriguez as to the point where you want to vomit because the station wants me to say my name over and over again because I guess I'm going to brainwash you into listening to my show. <laughs> but um, I will be at uh, New York. I'm coming to you. I'll be in you October um, 15th, 16th through the 18th. You can catch me at the um, Fat Black Pussycat, which is one of the sellers, and I will be performing there on October 18th, delivering my new hour, Truth Serum, at 7 p.m. So you can go to my Instagram or you can go to my face, my uh, website and buy tickets, funnyiva.com. The last time I did a show in New York, um, I did my hour there. I sold out, at, uh, so I expect to sell out again. So make sure you get your tickets. Because I will be in that bitch and I'm coming with it. No holds bar. I'm coming in it like Derek. Is it Derek Lewis? I'm going to be on stage like him. Uh, I, the way he does his interviews. I'm going to be talking shit and letting motherfuckers know that um, I can be as rugged and as ignorant as the best of them. Um, are you going to record it? Am I going to record it? Yes, we are going to record it. So I'll show it to you. Okay. Sounds good to me. So, did you see the the Banksy self-destructed? I did. Art. What do you think about that? See, look at you. You tuned into the. You're, I mean, you're, I'm not. You're selective about what. I I don't I don't know what it is. There there's a lot of stuff that mm -hmm. completely uh, bypasses my radar, and there's certain stuff that doesn't. Yeah. The Banksy thing, I guess. I guess Google alerted me to that because mm -hmm. I saw um, a film of his or a film someone made about his work mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so maybe that's why but um i, I thought it was great <laughs> i think it's great that he destroyed it well it was a it was a middle finger to consumerism yeah right? yeah because it, he makes his art not to be sold that's right you know it's funny when i went to israel i went i also went to palestine and i went to ramallah and i saw banksy artwork on the walls in the hood and i was like this is dope you know yeah. like it's not 
it's it, it's like what the Bible says: the truth is to be bought and not sold. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that art is the same. And right. um, unfortunately for us, if we don't sell our art, we don't eat. But big ups to Banksy for making um, a statement in a moment where everybody is so caught up with superficiality and materialism. I think that's dope. Uh, you are listening right now. You are listening to Truth Serum with Ida Rodriguez. Darren and I are talking about all the shit that happened over the weekend and that continues to happen. The stuff that I listen to that does not allow me to sleep is the stuff that escapes Darren and allows him <laughs> to get a good eight hours. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I the doc. Go ahead. No, I'm saying I have to. Yeah, I, no I got, peace. I yeah. I need I need peace. It's constant stimulus. It's like stuff all the time. It's just too much. Everyone's crying about everything, and I don't care. Oh, uh, you don't care. I, I don't. Okay, I, I really like that. Don't. Apathy is very attractive. I like it. I think <laughs> it doesn't seem to be that way when I'm talking to girls on Bumble. What well, the, the girls on Bumble? So tell me, Bumble is an app, and how it's does that app. one work? It's 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 like Tinder, but the women get to the women do the selecting. Yeah. Well, I mean, you select each other, but you don't get to speak to them unless the woman speaks, speaks first. As it should be. That's the way it should be. It should be like that in life. A dude should walk up you to you. You're muted. And you can't talk to me until if I decide. You know what? That, that, would, that would work for you guys. Absolutely. Because all the times, you know, some dumb guy says something stupid to you on the street. You'd be oh, like, yeah. I didn't speak to you. Yep. You, you're muted yep. until I say something to you. I wish we could follow it up with, officer, <laughs> come get him. I would listen. I was in uh, New York and I was about to take the train. Right, I was going downstairs. I was in Harlem. I just left the Dominican shop, getting my hair blow dried, and I was going downstairs into the subway. And this dude said to me, yelled out. He said, "Yo, girl, come sit on this dick." Right? Jesus Christ! This was in 2018, <laughs> mind you. Right? And I, I got, I froze. I was like, like, have you heard of Me Too, motherfucker? Yeah, but it, nah, he ain't here. He, he I saw him. Shit. He did not hear Me Too. But, you know, it's funny. He had locks. And I was like, somewhere on the planet, he is pretending to be conscious. You know what I mean? <laughs> pretending to be about that roster He's at 5% life. of meetings. Yes. He doesn't eat meat. And he's like, yo, girl, come sit on this deck. And I was like, I froze. And I just ran down the stairs, right? He cussed me out. He was like, fuck you then, bitch. You ain't all that. And this white couple, they were, they had to be like, they were European. They were visiting. They were like, can we walk you to the train? Because we're concerned about your safety. <laughs> so I would love for it's it to be. It's not funny, but it is. It, it's not funny, but it's funny because it's sad. And uh, if no, only things sad. could be like that, where if that dude would have said, walked up to me, and I would have been like, <laughs> and he couldn't yeah. say nothing. You know what I mean? I would have yeah, never course. had to hear it. Come on, of girl. Course. Come sit on this deck. So disrespectful. Like, I, I want to know the woman that's like, hey. <laughs> Yeah, like how many times does this work for I, you? I always did want to sit on a dick at the subway. <laughs> like, who is saying responding to that? You, you gotta, you gotta check, check yourself. Um, I wanted to it's switching gears. We're gonna talk about the Dollar Tree, um, <laughs> the natural progression from sitting on a dick to the Dollar Tree because it kind of well, feels he's probably a, an employee of Dollar Tree. Maybe, and well, not also, to disrespect Dollar Tree. Ooh. No, I know, but it might be a sponsor. They, but you know, <laughs> hey, maybe, maybe, and maybe that works there. So the Dollar Tree and its customers are feeling the pain of the tariffs on Chinese imports. About forty-two percent of the products that the Dollar Tree sells comes 
from China. So many of the inexpensive products can be made only in China, company executives said. Dollar Tree imports about 42% of its products, while Family Dollar imports about 23%. So the tariff will hit about 10% of Dollar Tree Dollar Tree's merchandise or several thousand items, including household health and beauty products, food, hardware, and electronics. So if you are buying food at the Dollar Tree in Woodland Hills that came from China, that tariff might be a good idea if it's going to deter you from buying food that came from China because that sounds dangerous. But um, I feel you. So I understand how, um, you know, this is impactful. And this is the point that a lot of people are trying to make with regards to Donald Trump and a lot of the things that he's doing is not affecting the top 1% because those people don't shop at places like the Dollar Tree and they don't shop at those places, you know. So I understand and I feel for everybody who has to feel this because some people get their basic necessities from places like that. Uh, We have a caller. You are live on Truth Serum. What's your truth? Um, This is Rodney from California. And this is what happens when you have an idiot running the White House and trying to... uh, put tariffs in place, which shouldn't even be in place, and it's going to impact you know, impact families. I see a lot of families out here that are impacted by the tariffs, and it's kind of heart-wrenching because there's really nothing they can do about it. So this is what happens when we elect, well, they elect an idiot into the White House. I completely agree with you. I think that, you know, uh, we're just talking about that because the, the top 1% isn't affected by this. They don't shop at the Dollar Tree, but a lot of people have to go places like that so that they can get the basic necessities because they can't afford to go, you know, to Target anymore. It's 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 real out here. So I appreciate what you're saying, and I agree with you. Yeah, and I mean, the thing is, um, you know, being here in California, in the large uh, Hispanic community, and, you know, a lot of people can't, you know, can't afford, you know, the basic grocery stores or anything like that. So uh, being in law enforcement, you know, you respond to a call, then, you have somebody who's shoplifting or whatever, and it's kind of heartbreaking because, you know, you have kids involved, and a lot of people do shop at the Dollar Tree, you know, and it's you know, it's not saying because they shop at the Dollar Tree that makes them less. It's just what they can afford at this time, and this is what happens, like, when you have tariffs in place and, you know, like an idiot and, uh, you know, Congress doesn't know Jack. I mean, this, is, this is the end result. Well, thank you so much for calling in with your truth. Thank you for being a friend of the show, and uh, please uh, stay with us. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk thank about you. white women taking a knee. We'll be right back with Truth Serum with Aida Rodriguez.
Nadie trate de esconderlo Porque también traigo parque Pa'l que quiera defenderlo Lo que perdí no me apura Cuando un amigo resulta peor que veneno La traición no la perdono Así es como yo trabajo Si no los tienes grandotes No brinques a los sembrados And we are back live um, on Truth Serum with Ida Rodriguez um, I, That was my first time hearing that song And I will all, I'll never be the same but I enjoyed it. Did you enjoy that song, Darren? Yeah. Did I pick the wrong song? Was it not on your list? No, it wasn't on my list. But I'm glad you played it because okay. he was angry. <laughs> and I was listening to what he was saying. So uh, men are just as mad as women, by the way. Um, I uh, we Okay, so oh, so much happened this weekend. Uh, Judge Kavanaugh, Justice Kavanaugh now, has uh, been confirmed into our Supreme Court. Uh, there was a lot of controversy about whether or not he should be um, confirmed because there were some sexual assault allegations that were made against him. There was a alleged FBI investigation that went into for a week that Donald Trump um, that Donald Trump ordered, and all of a sudden the man still got confirmed, which Mitch McConnell said he was going to get confirmed anyway. But as a result. There has been quite a bit of backlash. And one of the things that is happening or was mentioned was that some white women said that they were going to take a knee in, um, in protest of what happened with uh, Justice Kavanaugh. And then there was quite uh, a back, bit of backlash from Black Lives Matter activist uh, Reverend Talbert, Quite a few people that were upset about this because they felt like white women were hijacking the movement and that that was inappropriate and disrespectful and that this happened. So the question has been posed. And if you're out there and you um, want to answer the question, 310-986-6610, can white women truly be allies to people of color when a great majority of them voted, over 50% of them voted for Donald Trump and for Justice Kavanaugh. What do you think? Do you think that white women can truly be allies? What about you, Darren? What do you think? Um, it's it sounds good on paper. Do you think they should be taking a knee? Um, I I feel if I feel as if they feel violated by what happened, then sure. You think they should take a knee? Why not? I don't think they should take a knee, but I think they should find another protest. I think that one's already taken. <laughs> they should find another one. Yeah, I mean, I I think um, I think it's I understand the frustration. I understand why women. Meaning, are they didn't upset. sacrifice anything for the knee, like yeah, like I think, Kaepernick had to sacrifice it all for. He sacrificed it all for the knee, but also I think it's just a specific protest about the abuse of power uh, when it comes to the killing of young black people by un, you know. Okay, fair un, enough. Unrighteous law law people, but Whereas, is it not injustice in general? No, it was specific to that. Okay, to the it was it was anti. It was you know um, they he stood up for Alton Sterling and Philando Castile 
and everybody else, Sandra Bland, all of them. I think that there that women, white women, should have a protest. My, I don't have a problem with white women. I have a problem with white women who seek our our support for the issues that affect them, and then when we need them, they are missing. Silent opportunists. Yeah, they they go missing, and they're ready. And you know, they are at the women's march, and they want us to be at the women's march, but they don't show up to the Black Lives Matter march. And I'm offended by people who want us to be outraged at the people who take offense at people who look like them, but they won't do it for us. And that is a very frustrating. So I don't think they should be taking a knee. I think that they should find another form of protest. They had their pussy hats, find something else. If you're not about that intersectional feminism and that intersectional life, then I don't fuck with you. And I will be clear about it. Let me say it one more time. I don't fuck with you if you're not about that intersectional life. If you are only riled up about issues that directly affect you and you don't have a collective mentality, then don't ask us to be a part of your movement because you're basking in privilege, walking about the earth, living your life without being affected by the things that we have to think about daily for our safety. So if you're not about that intersectional life, I don't fuck with you. Um, onward and forward. So don't take a knee, bitch. Find something else to do. That <laughs> protest is taken. And I'm tired of that bullshit. So, uh, you know, they I fight on Twitter all the time about this. And With who? Oh, with... I you, I got think pieces written about me. About other women. Other women who think that um, I'm problematic because I don't stand on the front lines with them for the issues. Because I think sometimes white women are tone deaf. You know, they, they are... Their fight is a different fight than us. And if you don't include sure. us in the fight, then, you know, then then there's no fight for us. Just like Bette Midler said, women are the N-words of the women are what the N-words of her. I thought that it was inappropriate. I don't think that was a, I understand what she was saying, but I just don't think I think it's disrespectful to black people to always use black people as the example for the epitome of oppression and Systemic right. racism. Oh, every single time you're trying to make a point, you use it, but you're never there to try to reverse it. And so I think that that's, that's fair to say. you know, that's average. Yeah, I've never seen Beth Miller anywhere. <laughs> no, she's on Twitter. She's on Twitter, <laughs> and that's where she uh, that's where she dwells. So, uh, uh, you know, we're gonna keep it moving. But uh, if you are out there and you, the next person that calls the show is gonna get two free tickets to Ruby Tuesdays tomorrow at the Hollywood Laugh Factory. Um, great lineup. Tony Rock is going to be on that show along with a lineup of some amazing comics. So make sure um, that you call 310-986-6610. Uh, this is Truth Serum and with Aida Rodriguez. Did I say my name enough? And uh, October 18th, I will be at the um, Fat Black Pussycat in New York City, which is a comedy cellar at 7 p.m. Get your tickets at funnyaida.com. Um, and if you want to know where I'll be next, make sure you log on to my website and check out my calendar. Arizona, I will be there at the beginning of December, at Rick Bronson's Comedy House. So make sure that you get your tickets. Um, we're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, uh, we're going to give away some more tickets. And we're going to talk about the limo uh, that crashed with the 22 people that we lost. And Con Conor McGregor wants a rematch, if you didn't know that. And um, there's been some new news about climate change. And not only is there news, but there is um, a requirement for action from the UN. So we're going to talk about that when we come back. So 
This is Truth Serum with Ivette Rodriguez, and we'll be right back. Estoy pensando en lo que estás haciendo Si somos años Y así nos queremos Si conmigo te quedas O con otro tú te vas No me importa un carajo Porque sé que volverás Si conmigo te quedas O con otro tú te vas No me importa un carajo Porque sé que volverás Y si con otro pasas el rato Rodriguez, you are listening to Truth Serum Live. I just logged on to Twitter uh, to my dismay, as usual. Uh, there is a hashtag of him too, and it is oodles and oodles of women mocking the Me Too movement with ridiculous tweets uh, talking about uh, men and their uh, issues with the hashtag him too. What I was unfortunate about that hashtag is that there are also lots of male victims of sexual assault 
And to think that sexual assault is exclusively a woman thing is not only ignorant, but it's insensitive to the many men who've been sexually assaulted, not just by other men, but been also sexually assaulted by women. A lot of younger men who have said that their first sexual experience was with an older woman. I know a lot of comedians who talk about that. And um, it wasn't, you know, a pleasant and a pleasant experience, but because of the social implications that come along with reporting, a lot of dudes won't say they were sexually assaulted because they don't want to seem uncool. Uh, Emery, were you sexually assaulted when you were young? Not at all. What do you mean? I, th no. I think every man. Um, I wouldn't say sexually assaulted. No. 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 But you know, a lot of older women, a lot of older girls touched on young boys. Yeah, but that's not sexual assault. That's just like you learn. It's a it's a rite of passage. So if a dude, <laughs> do you hear that? That's the, that's the thing. That's the difference. So if your daughter told you that an older cousin or uncle did the same to them, would it be called considered sexual assault? Absolutely. See, that's a that's what I'm talking about. Why men and women. Um, process differently and socially have to deal with things that you know i mean assault is assault but it's processed differently and then if you're not you don't feel victimized then you can move on with your life differently yeah no teenage boy is gonna feel like a victim really no. what if that boy is gay and he doesn't want to have sex with a woman the, the female would, would more than likely know that oh man not sexual assaulters don't don't sure they do sure they do oh they see a little boy and they're like, I'm getting this little dick right here. I'm going to do it. And then they do stuff like that. They're but really what different. I think he's saying is I think they would be privy to the fact that he he was gay. Right. And she's got a whole classroom full of boys. She's going to pick the one that's not effeminate. And all the dudes got uncomfortable when we brought this up. And you automatically assume the teachers, female teachers are perverts. But these well, are because the, we all have stories. I mean, everybody in here, I think knows about or at least has stories about an older teacher that got away with something or at least had rumors of doing something with somebody on the on either a football or basketball team yeah my school it was i'm gonna put that bitch on blast right now beverly olsen has <laughs> sex with ransom carter on the basketball team Damn. and then ended up marrying him after he graduated oh, so, so that's we, different yeah but he was in high school she was the teacher first yeah that was a courtship though <laughs> Literally. Yeah, that's a, that was inappropriate. If that had happened, didn't get it that. wasn't the same for that me. Courtship, literally court, basketball court. <laughs> he <laughs> laughed. He laughed. Um, I didn't get it. <laughs> if, you know, you're not dialed in. We get it. You're like, I don't get it. He's like Donald Trump. Who's that? <laughs> I um, see that's different. So there was a, a security guard at my high school who used to open the gate for me so I wouldn't have to walk around. And everybody would say, that's really weird because he's not supposed to open this gate. So it was a gate for me to go to a portable for one of my classes. And then eventually, at the end of the school year, he asked me out on a date. And um, I was like 15 and he was like 38. And um, I was like, wow, I ain't fall off yet. <laughs> I still I haven't gotten started. I still got options. Yeah, I was like, um, I don't know if this, but it was so funny because he was so aggressive, and if in the reverse, it wouldn't have been nothing. It would have been like, yeah, coach such and such trying to get this dick, like the dude from the train station. You know what I mean? It's just so different. What do you mean aggressive? Like what? He asked you over and over and over. Over and over again, he would try. He would bring me Burger King for lunch. I wouldn't take it. He tried to buy me sneakers. 
I wouldn't take it because I used to love sneakers back then. He was really aggressive. Like every day he would be waiting for me. After school, he would wait for me and walk me to the, the corner. It was strange. He got actually, he got fired from our school for having relations with a girl and then went to another high school. He went to our rival high school. <laughs> and we were like, yeah. Mm. Like, you know, we. I, I got a question for you, Ida. Sure. So how do you deal with uh, men in the industry that often want to, especially the ones that are um, in, in positions of power, always asking you for additional informa- additional favors and just want to hang out and have lunch? You really trying to make sure I don't make it in that corner. <laughs> like, uh, Let's end your career. I'm just wondering how you tonight. how you deal with it. I mean, typically, how do you deal with it? Well, many of us. Um, she def- doesn't tell you. Deflect. <laughs> oh, he knows everything. But many of us deflect, right? Many of us women know that we know who the perverts are. We know who the um, who to stay away. From. Usually, the dudes that are, that do that kind of do it to everybody so you know right there's a rap sheet on them yeah you know who they are like you if, if you sat 10 black and brown actresses in here they could tell you the and whole just, they call out the names i am really bad at it which is why i'm at dash radio and not, <laughs> i'm not at iheart <laughs> or serious because i uh, i get really awkward and very nervous when it comes like i am I've never been able to be involved with somebody other than the reason that I like that person. Just I like that person. And I'll bring my mom into this because it is her birthday. My mom used to be like, what's wrong with you, girl? Like, you see, he likes you. And I'm like, I don't like him, though. And she's like, but you don't give him a chance. I, I like what I like and I don't like what I don't like. And it doesn't matter how rich you are. So when it comes to these dudes in the industry, you got to learn how to play that game where they say you have to flirt enough to make them think that they're gonna do that you're gonna do something until they mm. do something. Um, if not, you know, you end up at Dash Radio on Monday at five o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> so what happens if you go down that path and say, Okay, I think I think there's something here and that we could probably do good work together, but I still think he's trying to holler, but I'm not sure. So let's go step two. Well, I have that happens a lot for me, um, and unfortunately, some guys don't pull the trigger if you don't pull the trigger, <laughs> and that's the that you learn it. You got to go down the line a little bit to figure that out. Um, you are live on Truth Serum with Kevin Hart. Um, <laughs> uh, this is a very uncomfortable topic. If you are tuning in right now, and if you have something to say about this, call us three one zero nine eight six. Six six one zero. I'm sweating as I think about um, the fact that that's a problem. We have to worry about somebody taking offense to us standing up for ourselves because we don't want to be involved with them for a favor. Whereas we have talent, we have the ability to do just as much as guys do, but we have to deal with the extra pressure. And a lot of guys have to deal with it too because a lot of gay guys hit on dudes in the industry. A lot of, of my friends have complained about, you know, Terry Crews even talked about somebody grabbing his dick. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say dick like that all day this episode. <laughs> but um, you got to deflect and you got to move on. And sometimes you do business with people who, you know, have ulterior motives and you just deal with them as long as you can. And some sometimes people value business above uh, this. It's, it's only the predators that don't. People who are rich and successful are not going to jeopardize their business for a piece of ass. 
But then, you know, you got your Harvey, Harvey Weinsteins and Les Moonves and, you know, all the alleged. And those are big business sacrifices, let me tell you. Yeah. Imagine. They didn't work at Safeway. Yeah, I know. Like. But yeah. what, what did Les Moonves get? You said he was walking away with 80. One. I think the, the, their settlement was like 80 to 100 million. Um, Bruh. Like. Severance? Who's, severance, yeah. Damn. You know what I mean? Whose dick do I need to grab? <laughs> right. Who do I need to sexually assault so I can walk away right. with $80 million? That is... Look, at there's a reward in that. All, Did all his wife stuff. stay on The View? No, on The Talk. She, she, on The Talk, she, she, she resigned. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, she had to go. You can't they, they be on The a, Talk preaching and telling people shit and uh, yeah, having an true. opinion yeah, about... And your man grabbing ass behind the scenes. Like, you can't do that. People are not right. going to want to hear that from you. That show was way too topical for that. Yeah, it's... it's uh, and, right, yeah, they would be bringing up her her husband's situation. Like, they would have to. They had others. to discuss it. Yeah. They had to I don't discuss know. it. Did you get quiet, too? Everybody's quiet no. today. Did y'all eat lunch today? I didn't. I'm about to bring <laughs> the intern up on the mic and say, hey, come talk. Because every time I say, hey, Darren, what do you think about racism? Never heard of it. <laughs> What's that? So, you know, one thing that you probably didn't know today because you were busy doing auditions and running around was Mike was on. Uh, Mike Epps was on The Breakfast Club this morning. Oh, what did Mike Epps say on The Breakfast Club today? Because Mike Epps is one of the funniest people ever in comedy. It was really hard to follow, honestly. And... Um, was he speaking and crypt? Was it cryptic? Yeah, it was kind of cryptic, and he was, you know, and he was just using all kind of metaphors and and hood talk. And normally I can follow along, but it was just kind of like he was dodging. And but but the bottom line was that uh, he was saying that you know people, and he wouldn't say names, but he would, but he was obviously referring to Kevin, saying that when you in that position, um, you need to just you need to just throw. You got to know that when people throwing darts at you, it's not because. Um, that they're just throwing darts at you for the for, for the sake of throwing darts, but because they are trying to get through a, a certain door, get past a certain gate, and all you got to do is just reach out to them. Even though they may be a little bit negative in their approach, it's because they, they're a little bit desperate. And Charlemagne says, so like you, right? And he's like, no, I'm good. Wow, Charlemagne is such an instigator. <laughs> Mike Epson, uh, well, Mike, Mike Epson and Kevin Hart have had their, mm-hmm. their beef. Uh, this is Ida Rodriguez. You are listening to Truth Serum Live. We are talking about uh, everything that's going on today. That's today is my mother's birthday, and today we are just talking about what is hot in the headlines. Um, you know, it's funny that it seems like everybody who was on Friday had beef, has some sort of beef. Like they all have had some issues. They've all been on TMZ from Cat Williams to my friend Faison Love to. Uh, uh, Cat Williams, um, AJ, what's it, AJ's? Lil Isaiah? AJ Williams? Johnson. Johnson. I remember I did a show with him at the improv and he had a, a house arrest uh, bracelet on, on his anklet on. And I was like, my ridiculous ass is patting him down. I'm like, yo, what the hell you got on your leg? And then he was like, yo, stop. It was that house arrest um, anklet. And I'm like, what the hell? Did they do voodoo on the cast of Friday? <laughs> What happened? <laughs> so everybody was crazy. So what was the takeaway from the Mike Epps interview? And that was really pretty much it. It, it was just kind of like him saying, um, just because you're in this position right now, don't expect it to be there for so long. You know, mm-hmm. you got you got $100 million now. doesn't mean, oh, the big thing is that you can't take it with you. He kept saying that. You can't take it with you, so what you going to do? I'm, I, I'm as happy as you, so... Um, 
you know, my mm-hmm. life is as, as good as yours without all the money because it ain't all about money because you can't take it with you. Oh, I always think that people that say you can't take it with you usually have less than you do when they say it to you. Likely. You every, every time somebody's like, you can't take it with you is because they, yeah, they ain't want got... A, they want a piece. No, but you can create a legacy. You can create you can create inroads. You can open doors and make a lot of things happen for other people, and your name will carry on. You may not be alive in life form, but your name may live on. Um, whew, that, about, the Breakfast Club. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Say again? No, no, no. I just had questions about since we talking since we just Come got on, a little time bring to it talk. Up. How about what was it? Everybody, we got questions for questions. Ida. Let's ask questions that people that that people out there want to know about Ida. Okay. Uh, how many kids you have? We already know you have two. Tell tell us a little bit about your children. Um, I plead the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's it. I don't want to talk about them. I talk about them all the time. And my stand up and mm. my prayers. I'm like, okay, they everywhere. I'm tired of them. Tell us how it's <laughs> like when you go on these auditions as a comedian. Oh, so I just went on an audition today. And you know what's funny is that uh when I go on these auditions with the with actresses, and I'm an actress, I'm an actor, but I'm also a stand up comedian and something that um supposed to be funny. I like to listen to other people's auditions to see what their version of funny is. And I'm always like, get the fuck out of here. What kind of corny shit is that? And that's the person who usually books the job. Because <laughs> TV funny is so different from stand-up funny. Because stand-up right. comedians are are uh, saluted for being themselves. And actors have to become other people. So auditions have become better for me. I used to hate going on auditions because I always have actresses scoffing at me. Like, why am I there with these people uh, but I'm learning to like them and I'm starting to get really good at them because I have a different perspective about them I don't take my comedian in the room only when I need it when they need me to be sharp and there are things I can do that other people can't if you're new to LA you just moved here and you want to chase your dream to be famous in Hollywood what's the first step do typically people have to go and know these these open casting you know there's these websites out there that say mm-hmm, to get your uh, money yeah come out or they just say they, there's websites you can pay money into and then they'll they'll send you out to open castings right but then i mean how successful is that versus you getting actual auditions from your agency well the, the thing is when you move here you got to get an agent and it takes a time it takes time to get an agent a lot of people take years to get a good agent in hollywood that's really in the game so yeah you can use those casting agencies and those workshops tiffany haddish used to do workshops all the time she used to get me to go do those 35 dollars workshops with the casting director so that they can become familiar with you tell you what they're looking for but i feel like if you move here to become an actor and somebody has to tell you what you got to do when you get here, you probably shouldn't move here because you got to hit the ground running. Um, you got to have your tools, like your headshots, some semblance of a resume, mm. uh, some kind of reel or whatever it is as you build. You need to have um, maybe take an acting class so that you can do, you can learn the ways of auditioning here in L.A. because they audition differently here than they do in New York. You just got to really be ready and open to go do what you need to do. What would you say the difference is between auditioning in New York and L.A.? 
Well, in New York, they're a little bit more straight on, um, I believe. In New York, when you go into... What they want? Huh? As far as what they want? Yeah, they're very upfront about what they want. Uh, The casting process is completely different in many ways. Like, you can feel the difference in the rooms. And you go in there, um, they're a lot about their business and their time. Not as much uh, fluff like here where people are like, Hi, so nice to meet you. Where'd you get your shoes? New York, they ain't got time for that. They're like, come on, bitch. I got to catch my train and I got to go home. (laughs) So it's it's a whole different. You can feel the energy is different. The pacing is different. Right. Is there a difference between uh, auditioning for uh, commercials versus TV versus movies? And do you do you make choices on what you want to do? I mean, or are you open to all things? Oh, so I don't audition for commercials. Anybody, everybody who knows me knows that I don't do that. If you just tuned in, you are. This is Truth Serum with Ida Rodriguez, and you are just discovering that I don't audition for commercials. That's why you <laughs> never see me in them. Um, I have booked two. Uh, I booked a BP national. It was an international commercial for the Olympics, and I booked a Vizio. Uh, television uh, for all-star weekend it's funny because i would suck at auditioning for commercials but then i would go book some big ones like that got some good vis- visibility actually the vis- the vizio tv vizio, one, i think it's how do you say it vizio vizio aired during uh, march madness and so but i i retired from commercials audition many years ago um so we'll take a we're gonna take a call and then we're going to get back to why I hate auditioning for commercials. You are live with uh, Ida on Truth Serum. What's your truth? Hi, this is Stacy. Stacy, you I, are the truth. Where are you calling from? Where are you calling from, uh, huh? PG oh. County, Maryland. Oh, I'm going to get some crabs with you when I come there. Okay. How you doing? Good, good, good. I'm good. You're going to love it here because you're so real. Oh, my gosh. You're so real. Thank you. Why do you just roll your eyes? <laughs> uh, no, you real, real, real. Did you have a question for Ida? Um, yes. I want to know, yes, how, what was her biggest struggle from going from just getting started in a comedy to being the, the name that she is now. Wow. When I hear people say stuff like that I'm a name in comedy, it's always... Uh, You're like, stop lying to me. Daunting. I'm, I'm not saying that, about, but I know how you, you know, feel. Because yeah. you know how I am, but the, I, I'll have people come to me. You know, I the biggest struggle, I'll, I'll tell you, being a comedian was being a mom um, while being a comedian because I had to balance... Um, you know, road life with making sure that my children had what they needed in terms of not just material and financial, but attention, like, and being there for things that were important to my kids. Um, so it was really hard uh, being a mom and a stand up comedian, but it also made me the stand up comedian that I am because all of those hardships became my material. And that's what helped me stand out in a world where people were not. Not everybody, but a lot of people weren't talking about motherhood from the most honest place. Everybody was like, oh, I hate my kids have trucks and I trip over the trucks. And then I'd be <laughs> like, this motherfucker came home with a 2.3 GPA. I hate him. And it just differentiated <laughs> me from um, just being honest. Because I think motherhood is something that's revered as something 
moms are looked at like you're not you're supposed to love everything about your children and you're supposed to love your children and moms mm -hmm. are this and moms are that and the truth is moms can't stand their kids and they have bad days and, and, you know, and i think it's just it's just it was refreshing to be able to do that but my struggle is is what created that way for me cool and how was that journey then so from the beginning when you first started open mics till now Man, I'm still, I feel thank like. Thank you for the call. Thank you for calling, Stacy. Stacy. Right. I love you. Bye. Love you back. I'll see you soon. Um, I think that the uh, journey is continuous. It is still going. Um, now the kids are older and I don't have to worry about them like that. But um, it just, it was hard. It was really hard. You know, it's funny. Uh, people would always say about me, she never sticks around. She does never, she never hangs out. Because you had to go home, right? Yeah, I had to get up. So I would leave a comedy club at 2 o'clock in the morning and have to be... Like, when my daughter was in high school, she ran... she uh, Not ran. She swam. And swim practice started at 5 in the morning. Damn. So I would barely get any sleep. And then I would drive to her school for swim practice. And she swam... Her practice was at a different school than her school because her school didn't have a pool. So I would have to drive to Pierce. At five in the morning, I would just have a blanket in the car, sleep while she did practice, and then drive her from practice to school. So I had time to sit around and chit chat with these. I feel like little Duval. I ain't going back and forth with you. You know what I mean? <laughs> I just didn't have time for that because I had real life stuff to do in addition to being a stand up comedian, in addition to having a full time job. How many moms are there really like around? I mean, I guess there's a lot of them. Now there are a few. Now that well, now there there. It seems like the, like when I think about it, all the comedians, all the comedians, at least that I listen to, that are women. Most of them are either single or or maybe they're married, but they don't have kids. Yeah, a lot of them, a lot of comedian uh, female comics, opted not to have children. Right. And so the male comics decided to make it up for them and have an abundance <laughs> of children throughout the road, going all over the place. They got babies like, named after cities. Like who 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 do you um who do you relate with in that in that vein? Like when you when you go to a sh you do a show with Lori Kill Martin, you know, and and she has kids, and you know, she has you, a you, son got, you, and she you talk, you know, before yeah. the show. Like who who else is there? Kira Saltanovich talks about her kids. Um, there's there are some newer comics like Takara Williams. She talks about being a mom. Um. Who else? Who are some of the mom comics? Felicia Michaels, who obviously Allie, but her kids are young. Allie's made a career out, out of, of yeah, yeah, being, the being a mom, uh, being a mom with a STD. Um, <laughs> yeah, she said she had HPV. Remember, you saw the special, yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, everybody, everybody else, let the Puerto Rican or a black chick go up there and say, "Hey, y'all, I got herpes," and nope, they'd be career like, "That bitch down. is dirty." <laughs> Asian chick says she got HPV. She's a genius. She's so real. It's just hilarious to me. But um, I I've, I watched Allie Allie for many years in San Francisco, and she's always been. Is that where she came funny. from? Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. The, who else? Allie Wong talks about it. Um, I know Rose, Roseanne used to talk about it. Roseanne was the ultimate. Yeah. You know, her she was the domestic goddess, so her whole thing was about home. Period. The right. kids and. But yeah, um, not that many. Right. You know, is Ellen a mom? Did they adopt a kid? Yeah. 
she's doing a special. She probably gonna talk about. I don't about think she's the one who carried. She didn't carry. No, of course not. She did not carry. <laughs> she's sixty one. Yeah, she can't. Carry. Is she? Yeah, she Damn. can't carry. She gonna talk about how that baby calls her grandma, <laughs> <laughs> and she does that. She has a new Netflix special coming out. Ellen is funny. One of the funniest. She she's legit funny. One of the funniest late nights. Of ever. course, of course, you know, get, you know, based upon her show, you want to be like this corny bitch, mm-hmm. but like, she's legit very. Funny. Yeah, no, she's funny and smart, funny and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what else is, you know, this is very funny, but I don't like their stand up. Sarah Silverman. Oh, uh, she's a great writer, but I, 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 I wouldn't go to her stand up. But you know, there are a lot of things she does that make me laugh a lot. Like her book is really funny. Yeah, she's smart and yeah. she's politically charged. Um, you know, what's funny. I, I used to watch all of them when I started doing stand up. Sarah Silverman was yeah, at the who, top. There was yeah, who are you? Uh, who are you looking at? There who was no Amy Schumer, no Amy Schumer at right. the time. So Sarah Silverman was the. What about Janine Garofalo? Janine Garofalo, I love. I think Janine Garofalo is undeniably one of the funniest people in comedy. But Sarah Silverman went to England to do uh, a stadium. Oh, wow. And she got booed. Uh, The people started throwing stuff, demanding their money back. Because she she said, sorry, guys, I haven't been writing. She only had 40 minutes. And then she she did a QA and a with them. And then after the Q&A... Uh, they said she, they started booing again. They were like, "We still want our money back, bitch." We like you, you didn't get out of it. <laughs> yeah, but you know, I worked with her uh, last year. We did a a, mar- a telethon to raise money for uh, women's reproductive rights, and she was very nice. She's beautiful. She's really smart and very uh, bold. And um, you know, she's. She is what it what she is. In terms of stand up though, like the people that I looked at was like Kathleen Madigan, who I like. Kathleen's very funny. Yeah, I liked um I like Lori Kilmartin. I like Jackie yeah. Cation. I like um I like some more some of the comedians that you don't hear about as much. Mm-hmm. And if you have if you're a true stand up lover, you know who these people are. Right. Um, because I like the way they structure their jokes and their sets are like Jackie Cation is a really funny woman and yes, Kathleen Madigan hilarious you know um so those are the people that i watched um but my favorite comedian is george carlin hands down him and richard pryor those are my two favorite comics then together i feel like i'm their baby you're the you're the you're the one Um, you're the seedling i don't know if i'm the seedling (laughs) but i feel like uh not it from an ego perspective i'm talking about from a content that's the great tree to come from the content perspective because i feel like so Richard Pryor comes from a brothel. Right. Um, he has this very real experience, life uh, being raised by addiction and the darkness, right? Mm-hmm. Which is where I come from as well. And then George Carlin um, taking on social uh, social norms and talking about social and political issues from a very bold and nonpartisan place. Mm-hmm. And they both did that well. And I feel like I'm like a combination of those two things. And not to toot my own horn, like to say I'm the next George Carlin. But if I had to say that I'm a derivative of certain comedians, I would feel I feel like both of those because I do love talking about social issues and political stuff. But as well, I I don't mind talking about the crackheads who raised me. (laughs) You know, speaking of that, you you do have a voice. You always have a point of view of things. And um how do you, is it hard to intertwine comedy and some of your outspokenness? 
I mean, because you're on TYT on a weekly basis, and that has a pretty big reach, and it's hard to kind of interject comedy into that. I mean, what do you do to do that? I try my best sometimes to do what I can, like on TYT, and be funny, because everybody there is political, and everybody there is so charged. Are you the only comedian there when you're there? Usually when we're on the panel. I've been on uh, on the panel before with one other comedian. Uh, me, I think, and Alonzo did it before. But Alonzo they, Bowden? Bowden. But I think they usually try to bring one at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, the thing is I'm motivated and moved by um, what's happening in the world, so I have an, an opinion about it. And if I can say it from someplace funny, for me, I think it helps me stand out, whereas it brings some levity to the topic. So I think that's why they keep bringing me back, because they like that I can do that. Do you think it has anything to do with your Latin um, slant on things, or is it just your female point of view? I don't think it has anything to do with either of those things. I think that for, what's the word, optics, Mm. it makes uh, sense to have a Latin woman on the show uh, specifically the Young Turks who have had a history of people complaining about how they don't have enough people of color. But I also think that uh, what I have to say is it's probably why I'm there because the way that they found me is they saw me uh, do uh, the multicultural correspondence dinner in Washington, D.C. And when they saw my set, they were like, Jenk was like, I want you to be on my show. So I think, um, but I think all of those things have something to do with it because I'm happy that they give me the platform. They don't. People don't think that Latin women have a point of view about social issues and politics, which is why you don't see us on the talk and the view. Um, it's taken a really long time for that, and you you barely see talk shows with Latin women, and you don't see us in the in that vein. They 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 have a perception of us. So I'm glad that whatever it is got me there. And yes, I give brown women a voice. Do you think that Hollywood is still really segmented because of that? And do you think it'll change? Or not really change, but do you think that they're still selecting people based on their, on gender and ethnicity? Oh, yeah, I know. Oscar's Will it change those? It's, like, like, it's always going to it's always gonna shift towards where the money is. Um, and, we, we, you know, we take a lot of things personally because I do think there's a systemic factor that has nothing to do with Hollywood, which is keeping the system in place because it keeps the people who are at the top in place. So the imagery of people of color in a positive light has a lot to do with maintaining that status quo. So I believe that that, that um, if we continue to uh, flip the table over, black people did it. Black people did it with Oscar So White. It mm-hmm. made a difference. You got the their TV shows, and it, it's not fully realized. It's not where it should be, but at least there's a lot more visibility for black people. Asian people just made a sprinkle with Crazy Rich Asians. Um, they surpassed the Latinos because mm. the, the Japanese, the Vietnamese, the Chinese, the Koreans, they were like, fuck the dumb shit, let's go get ours. And if we get representation, then we all get representation, and we make sure that people tell the story but latin people still haven't been able to do that why because it's like too uh, fragmented yeah mexicans puerto ricans dominicans yeah it's too fragmented and there's too much dissent amongst them if it it can't figure out that we can all win together right yeah (laughs) and we need it you know we need it we need the visibility we don't even have that many tv shows on the air um 
you know, when we're on TV, where you know, somebody they just sent me an audition for a crackhead today, and I was like, they still got crackheads. <laughs> What's the new drug? I didn't know we got crackheads still. <laughs> what was what was the name of the character? Was it crackhead? No, uh, it Did was. It, have a name? it was drug addict number one or something like that. I wow. passed on it because um, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Um, but you know, I hope that Hollywood continues to change, and we get to see you know, a reflection of what exists in the real world as opposed to every time you see, uh, you know, an Iranian person, they're like, ah, 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 ah. I'm like, I know so many Iranian people who don't behave that way and they mm-hmm. don't, you know, right. it's old. Well, I guess we, uh, more of us have to write is what, is what it comes down to. Well, that's one of the things that was, that came out this weekend was that Christy, Christy Harberger, Chrissy, who was the founder of Latina Magazine is one of the biggest agents. they she made it. She got did an interview and said the problem with the the Latin sector of Hollywood is that they never allowed the writers in, so there are no right Latino. There are not that many Latino showrunners and high level all. writers and executives to usher the projects in. So it's not a priority. Um, so there is a serious void of Latin voice, Latin voices, and Latin writers in Hollywood. Comedy audiences in L.A. versus anywhere else in the country. What's the difference? Tell us the difference. The people in L.A. Um, haven't eaten. <laughs> Their foreheads don't move. <laughs> Meaning what? The, they, they, they can't laugh. They have some very nice hand bangs. And they think they can do what you do. It's only in L.A. will you get off stage as a performer and a person in the audience will give you a suggestion on what to do with your art. Whereas in Omaha, they're just happy they're just that happy you came. You came. <laughs> you, and you're there to entertain them. But I, I, the worst thing in the world is to get off stage and a random white dude walk up to you and say, hey, I got a tag for that joke. I'm like, yeah, get the fuck out of <laughs> my face, man. I don't want no fucking tag from you. Uh, they use the vernacular too. I yeah, yeah. Like who? And, the or fuck yeah. Are you? Great set. I love. I love when I go into the middle of the country where people they don't are, know what it's called. No, they're like, well, I loved your routine. I like that routine. <laughs> and, and they'll call each joke a routine. Can you do the routine about bullying your kids? And I'm like, oh yes, these are regular people. But it's only in LA. Even in New York, they don't do that. In New York, and a lot of people in New York are very. They're, the arts are all around them. They go. Right, to, they're like, very comedy you savvy. You know, and they go. Yeah. They're comedy savvy. They're art savvy. They're theaters, but they respect it because to them, mm. they put money into it. They go and invest in plays and Broadway and shows. Here, these motherfuckers getting free tickets on the internet. <laughs> Ronaldo giving out tickets at the mall. Getting paid to be audience members. Yeah, they get paid to be audience members. So. It's and not to shit on the the actual people who come out to see shows because we do have real comedy fans in LA that actually come out to the shows. But the shows are inundated. The worst thing in the world I've ever done is a live taping that has extras in the audience. Yeah, they, they don't come, give a damn. They come with their headshots. They're trying to out. They got their <laughs> makeup and their hair done. They're trying to look for, good for them. And I'm sitting on stage like, bitch, laugh, <laughs> laugh, bitch. I don't care if you cute right now. I need you to laugh. It is the worst. <laughs> I can believe it. Yeah, no. I, when I did, listen, I'm gonna put it on blast right now. When I did the Russell Simmons, look okay, at Ronaldo. Every time I say talk about something inappropriate, he's like, ah, I got something. 
<laughs> when I did the Russell He's Simmons, like, I, know, I, I know how to sell this show. Yeah, no, it's the truth. When I did the Russell Simmons Def Jam pilot, uh, there were ten of us, right? And it was it was a variety of comedians. There were only two women. It was Zainab and myself. And I was ninth. Tony Roberts went last. He and I talked about it when he was in the studio. We get in that audience and we get on that stage and Russell Simmons pulls out a spread of vegan food for these hungry models that are all around. Like, and they're, and they're like little birds eating this vegan food. Everybody is amazingly beautiful. They're all young. They look like they're all in a Travis Scott video. You know, they all just sitting around. Obviously not comedy fans. No, not comedy fans. You could buy the clothes. And I'm on stage and I'm like, I, the word, The funny thing was a white girl with some Bantu knots in her head. And part of me was like, get her. You know, like, get her. I went from thoughts of anger for the cultural appropriation to being angry with her because she had no uh, expression on her face for two hours. And I wanted to punch <laughs> her in the stomach and bring her back to life. But um, it was just the worst audience because they were they were paid to be there. Right. And the people who came to see us had to sit in the balcony. So those are the people, you know, you go out into the audience. I see other comedians. And I was like, this is bullshit. <laughs> actresses and socialites absolutely and then i you know and they call themselves socialites you're like bitch if you don't get from around here with that bullshit you know uh, you no know, goddamn socialite you just fucked a couple of basketball players that doesn't make you a socialite fuck out of here um uh there will be lots of sound bites for uh the show ronaldo's gonna make us go viral and we will have protesters next week we take a <laughs> quick break uh this is truth serum with ida rodriguez we'll be right back and if you have any questions you can call us 310-986-6610 truth serum live the next local caller is getting two tickets to ruby tuesdays tomorrow at the hollywood improv i mean <gasps> at the live factory the live factory live factory <laughs> Te quería. Me enamoré como 
imaginé que me fuera a suceder De color tu sonrisa, ternura y belleza Eso de ti me daba vuelta la cabeza Y otra vez, Sé que no tengo justificación Por haber tomado mi la mala decisión Special guests for you guys today. Enrique Iglesias y Juan Luis Guerra. We are live. This is Truth Serum with Aida Rodriguez. Thank you for coming back. Today, I've been gunning it on my own. Emery and uh, Darren have been asking me questions. Ronaldo has been videotaping all the controversial shit that I've been saying so that he can post it later. And I am not afraid. I learned it from my mentor, Corey Holcomb. Never afraid. I don't apologize and I say what's on my mind. Thank you for tuning in. Um, Hey, listen, go to my website, funnyaida.com, and check out a show near you, buy some tickets, and come see me. 
because I'm funny and I have uh, real shit and we have a good time at my shows. So uh, I got some great shows coming up. I'll be at Politicon at the end of the month, October 20th and 21st. Uh, I'm going to be on a couple of panels. One I'm very excited about because it's the panel about comedy and politics and where the line is drawn. So you already know I'm coming in with that uh, one-two combo, that roundhouse kick and all that other shit they say in kickboxing. Who's going to who's gonna be at Politicon this year? Ooh, Let's Politicon has got... Uh, Let's see who's going to be Tucker there. Carlson is going to be at Politicon. Uh, the guys, uh, all the crew from the Young Turks is going to be at Politicon. Um, Ture is going to be at Politicon, who I really like. Um, ooh, and Coulter will be at Politicon. Mm. Uh, Kathy Griffin is going to be at That's Politicon. Right. James Carville. Yeah. Michael Avenatti, who I like. Um, I'm going to skip the people who get on my nerves. Like Michael Steele? Uh, Michael Steele doesn't get on my nerves as much as people, you know, the other people. But Henry Winkler is going to be there. The Fonz. Hey. Yeah. April Ryan is coming in. Um, Julissa Arce. Say it again. Julissa. I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is either. Don't Ana Navarro so. is going to be there. Anthony Scaramucci, the Mooch. Oh, the Mooch is going to be there. He follows me on Twitter. If you don't, you should too because the Scaramucci follows me. Hey. <laughs> Hey. Hassan Piker there from uh, the TYT crew. Dennis Rodman is going to be there at a Politicon this year. Um, Adam Carolla, Alyssa Milano, of course, uh, taking her microphone, rightfully so. She's been so vocal about these issues, and she is going to be on a panel about Me Too. Um, and uh, Baby Trump is going to be there. Bakari Sellers is going to be there. Um, ben Shapiro. Yeah, it's going to be a crazy lineup. Yeah, it's going to be bananas. Um, who is the person you said? Jank Uger is going to be there, of course. Yep. Uh, you said... Uh, you said somebody's name at the beginning. Who was it? Because you know. actually go to just the cute girls. But who's that one? No, that, I think that was last year. Do, Dr. Drew is going to be there. Yeah, April, um, April Ryan. Um, Grace Parra. So she's other, also Latina, and I really like her. She's also a comedian, and she does a lot of this stuff. Uh, Jennifer Rubin is going to be there. Chris Christie. Chris Christie and his big fat monkey is going to be there. <laughs> you know, he got that pants, and he looked like he got, he belong in a Luke song. <laughs> Clay Aiken. Uh, Clay Aiken is going to be there. Clay Aiken ran for office, right? Yep. Dr. Drew Pinsky. Uh, yes, Dr. Drew. Um, He's going there to get some clients. He's going to get something because he's he stays in the political conversation. So uh, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. There's going to be somebody from everywhere and we're going to have honest conversations and we'll see how it turns out. Um, not coming there with the bullshit. We coming in there to really go in. And so I hope everybody is ready because uh, I am not my ancestors. Well, it better be a number one. Uh, trending topic on Twitter. I think that weekend will probably be just inundated with Politicon news and and sound bites. I'm pretty sure it will be. It will. And if you hear that I stuffed somebody in a trash can, <laughs> it's probably you know, I true. I did it in all. I did it for the culture. If I <laughs> stuffed somebody in a trash can, I did it for the culture. Um, you are live on uh, True Serum with Ida Rodriguez. I want to encourage you while we're talking about Politicon to go to. 
Is it vote.govote? Vote.org. Vote.org. If you have already registered, kudos. If you haven't, make sure to look up your state and see when the um, deadline is. A lot of places, uh, the deadline is tomorrow. So make sure that you register to vote. And as Barack Obama said, don't complain, don't whine, (laughs) vote. When is election day, though? November 6th. That's right. And if you are tired of whatever you're tired of, and I'm not preaching to anyone on any side of the political aisle, I'm just talking about you exercising your constitutional right. Make sure that you use it, especially if you're a person of color. I don't want to hear that. Your vote doesn't matter. People died so that you could vote. And at last, the least you could do is show up at the polls and honor your ancestors. So... Let's go. Let's vote this bullshit up out of here. All right. Um, I got a question for you. Back to the questions. Live with Aida Rodriguez on Truth Serum. With more questions. More questions. Today I'm being interviewed. To get the truth. And I'm going to get blackballed. <laughs> Speaking of which, so uh, you've been doing this for a very long time. Who are some of your actual friends that are comedians that you like? I mean, some of your best friends that, that actually, I okay, so that not I, just people you look up to, but people you actually like that are friends. Hang out with off stage, yes, like as people, yes, not as comedians, yeah, like oh, like like, like where where does Chris Spencer relink? I mean, like, <laughs> oh, I know. So Chris Spencer is my yeah. friend. I've known, I've known Chris Spencer so long that I've known I knew him when his nickname used to be Sugar C. <laughs> so it's so funny because he's evolved and he's grown. Chris is like a mentor to me. Chris is one of the people who encouraged me to do stand-up, who saw me and said, you have a voice and you should do stand-up. So he has like a mentor feel to him. Uh, He's always created opportunities for me. That multicultural correspondence dinner that I did, he was the one that got me for that. He's the reason why I do the Young Turks. And um, he actually got me a pilot at Fox. Like He's done a lot of stuff. So Chris is one of those people that I, I consider a friend who I actually think um, will create an opportunity for me if he could. Chris seems like he creates a lot of opportunities for a lot of people and he keeps all these people in his data, in his head. Yeah. Like someone will ask him, what do you think about this? I need somebody for that. He'll come up with a name or two. Oh yeah. He's, he's a network. And I don't think he necessarily hates on anybody. Like, no, he's when you- a, no, he's a comedian. So if he hates, he hates on the inside, but I just think that he's a network specialist. Yeah. And you're right. I think he knows how to connect people. He's a very, very, uh, he's a likable guy. And people like to be around him because he is positive and pleasant. And you can never lose that way. Yeah. So who else? Uh, okay. So Corey Holcomb, I I love. Uh, we need to talk about. Uh, he's always been there for me. Phase um, on. I just talked to Phase on uh, before I, uh, right after my audition today. And um, he needs to come up here. He will be here on Thursday and he's going to be here through the weekend. He's been on the road. Um, We always talk about Hollywood. And we had a really good conversation today after my audition because Faison is one of those people who's been able to have a comedian, a career in comedy and a career as an actor and been able to take both. So he's one of the people that I I go to for um, advice when I go in the room for an audition. Um, Ruben Paul is my friend, probably the person I talk to the most in comedy, and Vanessa Graddick. Those are my friend, friends, and April Macy, who's a really good friend of mine. 
She's my sister. Um, but I got a lot of friends in comedy. I get along with a lot of people. Tiffany Haddish and I used to be really, really close. Uh, we're still good friends, but we used to be together a lot when, you know, you're around a lot when you're in the struggle. Um, she ain't in the struggle no more. <laughs> she got real busy. But I could see her um, on SNL or Instagram whenever I want to. Who else? I have a good relationship with quite a few people who are good friends. My crew, where I started stand-up with, Byron Bowers, D.C. Irvin, Tony Baker, Skills Hudson, Clayton Thomas, Jabari Davis. Notice all dudes, mm -hmm. all friends, always platonic, never romantic, and my brothers. And I was load up my backpack and hit the pavement with those dudes and making going to do comedy for free. To when we started getting twenty five dollars for a show and being really excited right. about that. So when they try to shoot, they shot everyone just to test. <laughs> <laughs> what? Are you, how did you handle that? Because I know you. I mean, they was all platonic, but I'm sure they was like, "Yo, what up with that? What you doing later?" No, nobody. Well, see, the thing is, they had I, you to stop playing. No, because I was let's, in the. Let's talk about it. How could we talking about it? This is uh, Truth Serum Live with Aida Rodriguez. Amory is asking a series of questions, putting me on the spot to see, find out things that he wants to know <laughs> as a boyfriend. And it's like asking me, which one of my comedy friends shot? Does he have to look out for? Tried to shoot their shot. And I'm like, oh, Lord. So the thing, here's the thing. When you start doing comedy and you're a woman, you already know that... Uh, the male comics are going to try to talk to you. Some people will say it's predatorial. I will say it's circumstantial because that's who you're around all the time. And a lot of times male comics will date female comics because it's easy. They're, you guys are on the road and they understand. That's the male point of view. The female point of view is we hear your sets and we don't want to be involved with you because we heard what you did in St. Louis last weekend with the midget stripper. <laughs> so we're good. So it's this interesting dynamic of women who tend to stay away from the male comics and the male comics who are like, why not? We do the same thing. We, you understand if no, if no one understands, you do. So I had quite a few guys, you know, approach me. Um, and when they understood that I was serious about comedy and that I wasn't here for that, uh, they moved on. That's simple. I just fell back. Yeah, it's they they travel all the time, so it's gonna work. See, that's the thing okay. about the dude at the train. Like, it's gonna work. I mean, not it comes sit on his dick, but somebody's gonna. The thing, women love men who are funny, and it's not the same for women. When men are afraid of us because they're like, she's gonna talk about our business. She's, if she sees okay. my dick and I'm not circumcised, <laughs> she's going to talk about that on stage. That's the kind of stuff that they are worried about, whereas it's not the same the other way around, you know? Interesting. What do you think? I mean, now everybody's doing sketches and skits and all that stuff to get their numbers up. And I noticed that you don't, you don't do that a lot. And um, what's your take on that? Well, I'm not a sketch comic. Uh, that's an art form unto itself. And I don't want to bastardize the art for the sake of trying to get followers when there are people who really, really put their heart and soul. They're at UCB and Second City paying. Um, and I would expect the same respect for my craft. 
Um, also, I just think that I'm a stand-up comedian, and I want you to get. Uh, I want you to get what you're expecting, and I want to be consistent with what I put out. I'm not going to do that on stage. I'm not going to act out a character from a sketch. I'm not going to, you know, play with my ass on stage or whatever whoever's doing. So why am I going to do that on social media? I'd rather just organically build my numbers with people who follow me for what I really do. And thankfully for me, the videos for me that go viral are my I'll Say It For You videos. Mm-hmm. And my stand-up comedy videos, which have gotten some pretty good numbers without me having to do a sketch, you know? Got it. One is that 15 million now? 15.4, I think it is. And that was that's just me, the mic, and a joke. Which know? which routine was that was that? Ah <laughs> the great callback. That was the routine about people on social media. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I had another one that went viral that was about um new mothers. On airplanes. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I saw that one. Yeah, that one went viral too. The only person out of 15 million who hasn't seen it. Say that again. <laughs> the only person out of 15 million who hasn't seen it. Oh yeah, I know. Are we not surprised over there. <laughs> <laughs> I do so many people's shows and I don't know. <laughs> He's like, they voted for a Supreme Court justice. <laughs> They're like, have you seen have you seen my bit? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> of course. Darren woke up the other day and was like, where the fuck is Barack Obama? <laughs> do you think you would ever do a show like Dancing with the Stars? Well, after you told me how much money they made <laughs> uh, yesterday, I, I didn't know. What I started mean? practicing. I don't know, but I know that there's some of them. I mean, it's not even that much, but it's like 300 well, thousand. Yeah. You talking that's to I don't know if that's the whole season or if that's the winning amount, but oh, they get paid season. week by week. I was going to say, you talking to the bitch that got $12 from Club on Melrose the other day. So I I think that uh, when he told me they made $300,000, I started practicing. I started I, I dancing too. in the room. I was I got my salsa routine. I'm moving on to uh, Foxtrot. <laughs> I don't know. You know, uh, it's funny because Dancing with the Stars used to be the place. Remember reality shows were, were the place where right. celebrities who were done would go um, like the surreal life. Remember mm-hmm. that was Arnold mm-hmm. or poor Arnold, um, Gary Coleman and Brigitte Nielsen and Flava Flav. That's what reality shows were. It was mm-hmm. like the second life or a, a celeb, uh, you know, a celebrity that they used to call them has-beens or whatever. So Dancing with the Stars, they used to say, was the place where people would go when their career was over. Right. But now it's just this new, there's no rhyme or reason. There's no formula. There's nothing. Everything is just a free-for-all. There are people so. who are hot now who are doing it? Nikki Glazer was on uh, Dancing with the Stars this really? season. Yeah, she was the first one to get cut off. She's a stand-up comedian. I know who she is. Yeah, she's gone. I'm surprised she did that. Okay. All right, here it is. It Not says... Not after um, I heard how much money they make. <laughs> Some people get 125 just agreeing to be on the show. 125000 and uh, and they talk about Bindi Irwin was one hundred twenty five thousand, and then ten thousand a week uh, for the first two weeks, and then it goes to fifteen thousand a week for weeks three and four. Turn the music up. <laughs> then after that, twenty thousand, thirty thousand. If you keep going through, you up to fifty thousand, and then it's, it's estimated to be about three hundred and sixty thousand. Oh yeah, 000. yeah. I will do the Soldier Boy 
on Dancing with the Stars for three hundred thousand dollars. I was Superman that hoe in the middle. I'd be like, "Hey, lady, come here." <laughs> you, yeah. Um, I would. You know, I've learned never to uh, turn your nose up at. There are some things I will not do. Commercials. I, yeah. I don't, oh, yeah. So I went in. What is for, it with you and commercials? They're they're just ridiculous. There's no rhyme or reason for how they pick people. There's no formula. You don't ever know what they want. It is it's a numbers game. It's you right. audition for as many of them as and then you'll get one. And you gotta do a hundred to get one, right? And right. then when you get one, you start getting more. But I went in there, I think it was Joe Claire. We all auditioned Easy. for Tillamook Cheese, right? So he goes in, no, with somebody else. They come out. And I was like, what, how was it? They're like, cool, you just read the sides and just go, right? One of my white friends, right? One of my girlfriends. So I go in and then the casting director was like, put the sides down. We're going to do something different with you. And I was like, <laughs> well, then she goes, we want you to dance. <laughs> I was like, you want me wow. to dance? She was like, yeah, but, you know, I want you to do some... Like you're in the jungle. I want you to do some <laughs> tribal dance. I was like, I'm from Miami. And I was like, it. I don't know what a tribal dance is, but I'm not doing that for a fucking cheese commercial. <laughs> it was for Tillamook cheese. And that was the day, my friends, that I retired from commercial wow. auditions. I was like, I am not doing this bullshit anymore. Wow. <laughs> It was, but it's the true story. And then, so Joe Claire, Joe's going to kill me for telling this story. Joe Claire used to write for allhiphop.com, I think it was. Mm. He was one, because Joe Claire is brilliant, right? So he goes in for this Kentucky Fried Chicken commercial. <laughs> and they made him dance <laughs> while eating chicken. <laughs> Woo! That's funny. Just, but I when watch, I tell I you. Go to, I go what? They cool. got that money. That he better be glad it was then and not now. They got him. I mean, they wrote blogs about him and all this stuff, but they kept showing the video of him with a drumstick <laughs> in his hand dancing. <laughs> it was. I was like, so, so it, it made it to air. What? It made it to air. It played every thirty seconds. It's like Kentucky Fried Chicken was like. Up. Fuck this chicken. We're going to ruin Joe Claire's career. <laughs> it was hilarious. I'm sure he needed the money at the time. Yeah, those national commercials pay so much money. Yeah, but that was the money. beginning of the outrage culture. You know, that was, it was, you know, it wasn't as bad as it is now, but it was the beginning. So he got a lot of back. And he was like, my parents are dignitaries. My father is a... My father is a, uh, an educator and my mother is, a, and they were like, hey, you was dancing for some chicken in a Kentucky Fried Chicken commercial. What did you learn, Joe? That's funny. It was hilarious, but I felt bad because he's my friend and I was like, man, that was before black Twitter started going in. That was before oh, black, black Twitter he became menace to society. It was before then. I was like, oh my goodness. Wow. So, uh, yeah, I retired from commercials. How many uh, comics do you anticipate uh, will start doing rap songs, making songs now that Duval's number I'm one? I'm living my best life. Um, I always want to do that. And then, first He's of all. Lil Duval. Come but, on, man. We got it. This guy over here. 
He just said is Lil Duval a comedian. But I everybody laughing. That one right there is a comedy snob. So Oh yeah, okay. We're gonna move on to the next topic. <laughs> but I know when I was in uh oh I can't say this on the radio. So I think there are a few people who are thinking about songs. I think a few people a lot of people have done songs. James Davis did a song um to that sexual seduction mm. beat or whatever for mm. Snoop. But this is an original song, right? But I think that uh, quite a few of them, but I just think they haven't caught on. It's like you said the other day, that song is so relevant to social media because I'm not going back and forth with you. In comments. Yeah. So I think that, uh, and you, how can it's you lose with Snoop? Right. It's listen, Snoop, listen, Snoop is got the Midas touch. When I heard, I know you love me. Da, 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 da. What the hell is that? I'm hard to resist. <laughs> remember, don't you? We don't know what the hell you talking about. You remember about. that song, Ronaldo? <laughs> don't ya? I was like, whose auntie is on this record? I did not you mean believe the pussy them. Pussycat Dolls? Yes, I did not that believe. That didn't sound nothing like the damn Pussycat Dolls. I, don't, I ain't a singer. I'm a comic, but they knew what I was talking about. <laughs> but I was when I heard that song, I was like... um, that lady, does, that is not Nicole. It doesn't. It didn't look like it sounded. It, it, it looked like like the lady That's who said, "Ain't right. nothing going on but the rent." Remember <laughs> when I first heard that song? I was like, "This is it's some Millie bullshit. Vanilli shit." But then Snoop came around the corner, rapping on the song, and that's when I knew whatever he touches is gold. And, and I'm talking about beyond his rap career. When I saw him in the Brazil video with with uh, Pharrell, beautiful, I said it's mm -hmm. a rap. Snoop is trans has transcended. He made the pussy cat, cat dolls. Five bitches who do aerobics became a household <laughs> name. That was our answer to the uh, what's the chicks from from Britain? If you want to be Spice Girls, that was our version of the Spice Girls, and uh, Snoop brought. Got on there and they blew up. Yeah, no, yeah, I know. He's got I saw a gospel Snoop. album too. He's got a gospel album that did numbers. He's got play. He's got a play right now. And uh, I'm, I follow him because I, I don't follow a lot of celebrities. Emery's always calling me a hater because I don't follow a lot of. Celebrities. Yeah, you are. I'm not a hater. I just don't want to see motherfuckers. Flossing in my face when I know they ain't got their mortgage money. I don't want to watch that. It makes me feel complicit. Like, <laughs> I rather just like who, not see. Like who? Huh? Like who? No, oh, she can't. <laughs> but I see a lot of people. I'm living my best life. I'm so happy. I'm fine. I'm awesome. I'm this, and I know you crying. We all know you crying. So I don't want to do that. But I do follow Snoop because I think his page is hilarious. He and, also, yeah. And he posted my video. Yeah. He did? Yeah. Which That's one? how I got the 15.4 million. The social media one? <laughs> the one you haven't seen. <laughs> that everybody else has seen. Oh, okay. Thanks, Dameron. I'll edit all this out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not looking stupid on your show. No. No. <laughs> you don't look stupid. All right, what other questions this do This is have? Uh, Truth Serum Live with Ida Rodriguez. We do it for Marcus King Radio Dash. Uh, what's it called? Dash Radio King, King Dash Radio. The King of all media. <laughs> Marcus the Marcus, King. the master. The He's master been listening. Thought. Yes. Marcus King. Here's my story for Marcus King. Whoever you mention, what's your name? What's your name? Carlo. Carlo, right? Where are you from? 
You're from L.A.? So uh, where'd you go to school, Carlo? I went to a lot of schools. But where'd you go to high school? <laughs> uh, I eventually got my GED. But, um, you could tell people who were bad when they were little. And they say, I went to a lot of schools. School that of hard knocks. Uh, in the Valley, I ended up in the Valley, Reseda. That's where I finished. You went to Reseda High School? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so if you were to tell Marcus King that you went to Reseda High School... He would say, you know, I built the infrastructure there. <laughs> <laughs> and I hired the principal. So that's who Marcus Key is. You see that He's grass out front? I had to make sure that the side was looking. Yeah, that side is the same side that we planted back in 63. <laughs> he knows something about if it, it's so funny because everybody that I will say, hey, I had a conversation with such and such. You know, I done such and such, such and such. <laughs> I told him if he was like, though, he was the one that made the tablets for Moses, you know, like every <laughs> single time. So Marcus King dash radio and um, make sure that you are tuning in. He's actually made some great changes here and the radio station is on the up and up and moving on up. So he's yep. in New York right now. So Marcus, when you listen, I have said my name at least 10 times today. On the True Serum radio uh, True show. True Serum live <laughs> with Aida Rodriguez. I am at uh, the Comedy Cellar on October 18th at 7 p.m. I'll be at Politicon the weekend of the 20th. Go to funnyida.com and check out my shows. And Buy then they can tickets. follow you too, can't they? And you can follow me at Funny Ida on Instagram and Twitter. And on Facebook, it's uh, facebook.com forward slash Aida, A-I-D-A dot Rodriguez. Any wow. more questions? All right, so we need we need more truth out of you, Ida. Let's see. Uh, oh, what boy. what 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 do people want to know about Ida Rodriguez? What kind of questions do you get in your DMs on your Facebook? Ooh, besides, that, no, we're not talking about pictures. No, I the questions that I get are besides where you gonna come to Atlanta? When you gonna come to? Mm hmm. I get when can I take you to dinner? <laughs> um, I would like to meet you in person. Male and female? No, I had most males. But you know what's funny? On Instagram, I had this young girl try to holler at me on Instagram, and it was the most disgusting, <laughs> ickiest thing because she was like 19 years old, and she sent me all these suggestive messages and pictures. And, and I was just like, that was before I knew I could block my DMs. That was a couple of years ago. It was very uncomfortable for me because I was like, Imagine somebody who's a pred who's predatorial. They'll take advantage of this girl. Um, so I get a lot of questions on Instagram. You get a lot of celebrities sliding in there, too, from mm -hmm. time to time, too, which I think is interesting. Yeah, we've had some celebrities slide into my DMs. Um, it's funny, when your profile grows, then the your DMs, the, the, the culture changes and then it's people who've ignored you for the last five years are like I always did like you right. you know I always, now. yeah and it's it's a very you have, a, you have a blue check right yeah mm -hmm. did what changes once you get the check I know I know that there's a I know that once you get a blue check I don't know I know on Twitter there's a you can um, filter out all your tweets to just blue check people correct yeah I don't do that though. Those are the most idiotic <laughs> tweets of them all. If I had to read tweets of only people who are verified, I would quit Twitter. I live. They'll, he'll tell you. the regular people. I love Black Twitter. Black Twitter feeds my soul. I live on Black Twitter, and I like the regular people tweets. I love the young people's tweets. Young people on Twitter are hilarious. 
they have some of the funniest. They grew up on memes and yes, stuff. Yes, they're yeah. so funny. Um, I don't like reading tweets from older people. Uh, it makes it me feel mic, like um, the world is coming to an end. You know, like when old people try to be funny on Twitter, it's the worst. Yeah. With the exception of George Wallace, and I'm not calling him old, he's older, but George Wallace is hilarious. Really? On is he f on Twitter? Yeah, he's so funny on Twitter. He's so sharp. He's got Twitter down. But to answer your question, though, on Instagram, you always pop up toward the top. Like mm -hmm. the blue, the people that are verified will follow up. Will, will, in the comments, if there's 10,000 comments, the people with the verified Yeah, checks. yeah, the verified mm -hmm. comments show up. So oh, that, yeah, they do. I, I try to troll like some of my, like Earthquake or Bruce Bruce because they always have funny stuff. Mm. And sometimes I'll say something funny and a lot of, I went, the, the comment that I did that got me a bunch of followers was on Sean King's. Uh, page because Sean King posted that video. Remember that attorney that was mad because those women were speaking Spanish yeah. in that mm -hmm. grocery store? So I, I posted because he was like, this is my country. Speak English. And I was like, no, the natives are like, speak Arawak, bitch. We want to hear you speak Choctaw. <laughs> and that comment got a, like thousands of likes and I got a bunch of people that followed me from it. Interesting. I wasn't even trying. I know it's interesting and, what, what works. And, and the what days doesn't. when I craft, like I get down with this writing <laughs> right. and I'm like, I put Nobody my glasses on. <laughs> you yeah, know what I, I thought? It. Yeah, the one I thought was interesting was the one that um, the Kavanaugh, Brett, Brett Kavanaugh, Samuel L. Jackson mashup that everybody saw. Mm -hmm. You saw that one right yeah, there? Yeah. Darren saw that. that. <laughs> Darren saw it. Yeah. That one. Let's check out the big brain on bread. That one, that one, that one was everywhere. That was I couldn't hilarious, avoid right? that one. So you just retweeted and said the internet is undefeated. And it was 1.5 million that just re reposted it and commented, and they're still commenting on that like it's like it's yes. new. I don't read the comments because people will be like, "This is so funny." They'll be like, "This is so great." They'll be like, "This is so funny," and then somebody will be like, "I hope you die, bitch." <laughs> so I just stay out of all the comments. Yeah. Now. So do you just how do you how do you ignore all of those comments? I, I don't know if There's I'd be many. able to. Oh, I can't. I guess that you, gets to a point that you just can't look at all that shit. I cannot, I cannot, uh, for the life of me, read comments because people are purposely out trying to, he saw one Pure, tweet provoke. was, um, please die. <laughs> I was like, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, those, those to me are like, eh, that's and just he two responded words. Like, what's it. the big deal? But this guy said, you're such a big fan with your fake bias polls. Stick to the stripper poll and fake cha-chas instead of purposely lying with fake polls. Just disgusting. Polls as in P-O-L-L-S. But he told me to go to the stripper poll. P-O-L-E. I responded. <laughs> what would you say? I said, my breasts are real. I fed my children with them. I don't create the polls. I simply comment on them. Big insult with the stripper club comment. I've never been a stripper, but I don't look down on them. God says I shouldn't. And you should definitely go back to school. Reading is fundamental. There is nothing more disgusting than an ignorant, illiterate dumbass who regurgitates <laughs> sound bites and inaccurate information. Happy Saturday. And that's how you typed it in that tone too, right? Mm -hmm. Nice and soft. <laughs> Interesting. I it can't read. When I read them, I go about three. I can only go about 300. I have a rule that I only read the top three and then I'm out because after the third one, it starts it, getting hairy, even with your own or anything else. If I read an article, I only read the top three comments because you could be, I have, I'm trying to get this joke, right? You could do a, a right. 
you can read an article about how to make a lemon cake. And by comment number nine, the GOP is blaming liberals for fucking up lemon cake. You know what I mean? So I just stay away from comments all the way live. What are we listening to? I'm taking uh, two more questions and then I am out. If you are listening, give us a call. If you have a question for me and you want to know my truth about something or want to share one of yours, 310-986-6610. I'm live in the studio. Carlo is here. Darren is here. Ronaldo is here. And Emery is here asking the uncomfortable questions. (laughs) Um, So, And I'm answering them. So uh, the shoot your shot question was the funniest one. Because all my friends were listening to, to it. They'd probably song. be like, when was, ooh. <laughs> when, ah. when did I shoot my shot? Mm-hmm. I've been throwing out. Yeah, I've been throwing softballs, though. But that's fine. Throw a hard one out. No, Let's go. I can't. I got to really think. Because I got to think about the, you know, the, the blowback and all that at home. Blowback from what? Just riding in the car with you. Ah. <laughs> uh, and be like, you, you, you thought, you, thought you were slick on that damn radio, didn't yeah. you? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you used to it. Nah. We have enough practice on fights. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, what else? Anyone else want to know? I mean, I don't uh, you know, it's funny. I talked to my friend today, and she was like, "How is your relationship doing?" I said, "Man, we fight a lot." And she was like, "Tell me something." Uh, she was like, "Tell me something that's not specific to a relationship." <laughs> what else y'all got? What else? What are the pro- What are the problems y'all got? Right. And I was like, "You fight every day." She said, "Nigga." You she said, I fight every hour. Every hour. She was like, we always fight. And she was like, I almost slammed the car into a wall the other day and tried to kill both of us. And I was like, okay. That's I'm pretty not, bad, yeah. I'm not there. We only fight about the kids. That's our thing. We we, we fight about our kids who are uh, grown. That's that's how bad it is. That's how what, you know we ain't got no about? business. We fighting about adults. Young adults, <laughs> we ain't got no business. Mm-hmm. Today he t- sent me a text and he said, I'm going to pour into my daughter. And I was like, What you gonna pour? Some wine? She's 21. <laughs> she don't want she don't wanna they don't wanna hang out with us. They just they only want us when they need something. They don't they they only run to us when they need refuge. They don't want us. They want they want what they see on Instagram. That's what they want. They all sitting around waiting on me to make it. So they could be like, bitch, we wanna meet Drake. That's what we want. They don't want to be around. The reality of it is you can't fix whatever you want for them because they don't. They just mm-hmm. don't. And I, I have to go back to when I was that age and think, put myself there and be like, oh, shit. I really used to be like, stay out of my business. I'm my own person. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, you know, the only time I ever ran to my mom was when I would feel like I need my mommy, you know, and then I'd be like, all right, bitch, I'm ready. I'm good. <laughs> I'm cool. <Bye." laughs> yep. All right. Oh, we can wrap it. Well, we're going to wrap it. Um, I enjoyed the show. I had a good time. I've got some good comments on social media. And um, people are listening. So that makes me happy. Yeah. You um, know what else I wanted to, uh, to find out from Mr. King, the king of all media, Mr. Marcus King, is when we get them numbers. Yeah. Where do we get the numbers from here, Darren? Do you know? Um, You can get them from Jay. Um, okay. But yeah, I think Marcus... He's going to get him when he gets back. Okay. We've for been hearing show. that for we a look, couple yeah. weeks. We look forward to that. Yeah. All right, guys. So listen, please make sure that you are registered to vote. Uh, Tuesday, tomorrow is the deadline for many, many uh, different states. If you are registered, please start reading through the booklet, booklet informing yourselves on the 
issues that you want to vote on. Don't just vote for people because they're Democrat or Republican. Make sure you're voting in your best interest for the community that you live in. That does affect you directly. It's very important to be aware of who you want in office as your sheriff, your DA, those things that really affect you locally. Think locally, act globally. Um, I want to thank you for listening to the show. Uh, thank you for everyone who called. We appreciate you. And we will be back next week. This is Aida Rodriguez, and I am out. Si el ritmo te lleva a mover la cabeza, ya empezamos como es. Mi música no discrimina a nadie, así que vamos a romper. Toda mi gente se mueve. Mira el ritmo como los tiene. Hago música que entretiene. El mundo nos quiere, nos quiere, me quiere a mí. Toda mi gente se mueve. Mira el ritmo como los tiene. Hago música que entretiene. Mi música los tiene fuerte bailando y se baila así. La fiesta no para pena comienza C'est comme si, c'est comme ça Ma chérie, la 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 Francia, Colombia, me gusta Freeze Y Balvin, Willy William, me gusta Freeze Los DJ no miente, le gusta mi gente Y eso se fue mundial No le bajamos, mas nunca paramos Es otro palo y blam ¿Y dónde está mi gente? Me fue a la bouche la tela